Hi, everyone. My name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome back to the AMM Torah Podcast. It is so good to be back after a few weeks of summer vacation. I want to thank uh, my friends Nussi Samuel and Yossi Spira, who contributed to this year's summer of subscribers. And I hope you enjoyed uh, their words of Torah as much as I did. But uh, Baruch Hashem, we're back, and uh, back to our normal schedule of uh, putting out uh, podcasts and Divrei Torah every week. And uh, this is actually the eighth year. We are beginning this week the eighth year of uh, Amem Torah. This past year has been an amazing year. Uh, obviously, we started the podcast this past year, and Baruch Hashem, it's been more and more successful. Um, so thank you to everyone that uh, has been with me the past seven years, and uh, Mirza Hashem uh, to another seven years and to even more of uh, spreading words of Torah and learning Torah together. And uh, with that said, let's get right into this week's Dvar Torah for Parsha Shoftim. So one of the themes of Parsha Shoftim is discussing the different uh, types of leaders the Bnei Yisrael will have uh, when they enter Eretz Yisrael. Uh, we have different halachos of, of, of Beisdin, uh, the smaller ones in the individual towns, uh, the larger ones once you get uh, to Yerushalayim and the base of Migdash. Uh, there are different uh, uh, ministers and different people that worked with them. Uh, we have the Kohanim and Levium. And uh, the topic that I would like to speak about this week, uh, the kink. Uh, these are all different leaders that are mentioned in the Parsha. And the role of the king might be the most interesting one, since, uh, you know, it's not, it's not purely halachic. You know, between the Kohanim and Levium uh, and Beisdin, they're all around, they're all centered around making sure B'nai Israel keep the Torah, keep halacha, uh, giving them uh, musr and guidance of, of how to stay on the Derech Hashem. But the king has a, a more expansive role. Obviously, he is a role model uh, for B'nai Israel, and therefore we have certain halachos that we're going to talk about that ensure that uh, he stays close to the Torah and models himself to the nation, that they should, they should uh, stay close to the Torah. Um, but he also is a political figure as well. So it's really uh, an interesting position. Um, but not to get too much into that aspect of the king, I'd really like to talk about the three Isurim uh, in this week's parsha that uh, pertain to a king. The Pasuk says that a king is not allowed to own... First of all, he's not allowed to own... Uh, too many horses, or for too many is. He's not allowed to have too many wives, and he's also not allowed to have more money than what is necessary to provide for him and his household with a certain level of uh, kingly prestige. And the Pesach explains the reason why he can't have too many horses uh, is to prevent B'nai Israel from returning to Mitzrayim. And immediately following this, uh, this list of restrictions, uh, the Pesach says, and this is in Perak Yud Zayin, Pesach Yud Ches, the Pesach starts off, and it will be when he sits upon his royal throne, and then it proceeds to give the mitzvah that a king has to write a Sefer Torah for himself. So Rashi explains that the fact that the Pasuk says, if he keeps these three restrictions, if he keeps these restrictions that are placed upon him, then he will be worthy of sitting uh, on the throne. But other than that, he's not worthy of being the king. So the question is, what is... Uh, special about these three things that uh, they're so important that the Pasuk needs to mention them specifically, uh, that the king is not allowed to do them when he's allowed to do anything else, and that without them, uh, he uh, he's not worthy of being king. So the Kliyakar explains that when the king sits on his throne, he's not just representing his own kisei, he's not just representing his own throne, he's also representing the kisei of Hashem, right? the kisei of Kavod. And he proves that from a Pasuk uh, in Divrei Yamim, 
where it says, Vayeshev Shlomo al Kisei Hashem. Shlomo sat on the throne of Hashem. So we see that being the king, sitting on the throne, uh, you are representing the throne of Hashem. It's Ki'ilu, you're sitting uh, in that position of power. So therefore, explains the Kliyakar, it's very important that you re- that the king remove, or that we remove from the king, any potential uh, matter, any potential concept which may deter him from the path of Hashem. And these three things are, make him very susceptible to doing that. We see in Parshas Ekev, uh, starting with the money, we see in Parshas Ekev, in Perek Ches, going from Pasuk Yud Gimel to Yudalad, and I'm going to be quoting sparingly from these Pesukim, not, not full quotes, but just uh, what I need. Uh, it says, V'kesev is of that you'll come to a certain point where you'll have uh, a lot of uh, gold and silver. And then it says in Pasuk Yudalad, that your, your hearts will get high, you'll get haughty, and you'll forget Hashem. So we see that this having an abundance of money leads to you forgetting Hashem, <coughs> because you assume you have this uh, idea in your head that now that you have all this money, you no longer need Hashem. You don't need Him to help you. Uh, provide. You don't need Him to provide for you. But that's obviously not true, because everything that's provided to you, including the money, comes from Hashem in the first place. Uh, secondly, um, you cannot uh, have too many horses. So the Pasuk says there specifically the reason why uh, you can't have too many horses is because we don't want to send Jews back to Mitzrayim. Now the Kliyakar says that this doesn't really make sense because halachically you are allowed to go down to Mitzrayim. The only problem of going down to Mitzrayim is just for buying horses. For everything else, you can, you can go down and do any other business that you want in Mitzrayim. So he explains that the best place in the world to buy horses at the time was in Mitzrayim. Now horses are used, at that time, horses were used uh, for war. They were also used uh, for other shows of force and uh, for the splendor of the king. So having an overabundance of horses could, could lead the king to believe that his army was strong enough to defeat anybody, even without the help of Hashem. And furthermore, having all these horses would show that he had so much uh, wealth and so much splendor, and he had such majesty, uh, that's the best word in this case, he had such majesty that, uh, again, he doesn't need the help of Hashem to become a great king. Therefore, uh, he was not allowed to send people to Mitzrayim to buy horses, um, because that was a place where you could get a lot of horses. I guess there were plenty of other places to get a lot of money, or I should say there was more than one place that you can get a lot of money, and there's more than one place where you can get a lot of wives, uh, which is the next thing we're going to talk about. But the only place at the time where you could get a lot of horses was in Mitzrayim, and that's why the Torah needs to tell us specifically not to go down to Mitzrayim uh, to buy horses, because any other place you wouldn't get enough anyway to run into this issue. And lastly, uh, the Torah says that the king cannot have too many wives. And the uh, common example given to show why this is a bad idea is Shlomo Amalek, that he had too many wives, and they eventually led him uh, to a life of Avodah I understand uh, this idea of having too many wives as an idea of that you have too many competing outside influences. And because of that, you can be, it can lead to you falling off of the Torah way. With so many people clamoring for a bit of your attention, for, for influence with you, Inevitably, what will end up happening is that a few of them will try to stand out, because eventually you have to stand out from the crowd. And they're going to do that by suggesting something different, something that calls attention to them. And while it may at first 
be things which are just different that actually follow the Derech Hashem, eventually the need to uh, consistently come up with new and different ideas that, again, will, will lead to their getting attention from the king, eventually the ideas they suggest will be less moral, less the ways of the Torah, inevitably leading to the king falling off the path of, uh, of Hashem. Now, while these laws that we see in the Torah were specifically set up for a king, the same principle applies to every single one of us. We all have the obligation to be a role model uh, for ourselves, for our fellow Jews, and to stay on the Derech Hashem. And during this month of Elo, as we lead up uh, to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, let's seek out the proper method that will allow us to safely navigate the road to remaining on a true course to Avodah Hashem. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com, A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com for any questions, comments, uh, or to subscribe to our email newsletter, where you can also receive uh, this podcast as an MP3 file. Don't forget to check out the blog itself at oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com. There you can see the full archives of the previous uh, seven years of Divrei Torah. And don't forget to check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where you can learn more about my book, Reality Check, and where this podcast is hosted. And of course, this podcast is also available for download from iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Please check us out as well on social media, Facebook at facebook.com slash and on Twitter at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great Shabbos.